now. On Afternoons. Ladies and gents, this is the moment you've waited for. It's time for the showdown. Joining me, Michael Liberale. Good afternoon. How are you, Michael? Good afternoon, Dee. Yeah, not too bad today. How are you going? I'm okay. I'm frantically searching for my notes on the program we're talking about today. So while I do that... Do you want me to introduce tell the us program a bit about to it. everyone? Found yeah, it. well, right. this week we're talking Better Date Than Never on the ABC. Now, this show is actually from the creators of another show, Love on the Spectrum. Have you seen that show, Dee Dee? I have, yes, yeah. Yeah, great. And it's quite similar, but it's basically almost like an opposition to the oversaturated market of um, conventional dating shows like The Bachelor and Married at First Sight. It's a much more tame look at how a bunch of, a group of different people, very diverse people, are dating for the first time in their lives, most of them quite late for their age, and how they go about um, exploring the world of dating for the first time. It's a really fascinating show. What did you think about it? Well, uh, and I'll tuck another show into the mix. You referred to Love on the Spectrum, which I loved, and em- yeah. Employable Me. I don't know if it was made by the same people, but it was the concept was similar. They were people with differences of some sort or challenges in life who had never been able to get a job and, and their search to, to find a job, to be employed. It's very hard to criticise a show which has people who have challenges of various sorts. There's all sorts of different things. There's some who you can't quite work out what exactly is their challenge in life. There's one young woman who has Down syndrome. There's a a Chinese young man who has only recently come out as gay. And he seems, I don't know, He's maybe he has... Oh, no, he's clever. He's clever enough. Maybe it's just the way he expresses himself. I'm not sure. It's hard to pinpoint what it is with him. But I don't love it, Michael. And I oh, want, interesting. I wanted to. Yeah. What, what didn't you like about it? Because I just thought it was such a fun kind of awkward look at everybody's experiences with dating, which can be really up and down and often you don't know what to do and say. And I think these people um, really showcase that rather nicely. What didn't you like about it? Well, I think it was what you just said. I think it's the awkwardness is actually <laughs> – there's there's obviously a fine balance with these shows. Love to hear from anyone who's seen Better Date Than Never on the ABC, One double three six nine three. There There is an inherent awkwardness, but with Love on the Spectrum, all of the people participating were on the autism spectrum. So I think each of them knew as they turned up for the date what they were getting. They knew that they were going to be talking to someone who is going to automatically understand the issues that they deal with. Whereas in this show, we've got a mismatch of abilities, um, mm. challenges, and so you don't – it's not a fair fight, if you know what I mean. Like, they're turning up. And and I, I think I'm too worried that the person they're having the date with is not going to understand them. And it's gotcha, yeah. I, I definitely know what you're talking about. Personally, I'm a big fan of um, awkward and cringe kind of uh, compilations and things like that. Not that there's anything cringe about that, but there is certain moments in this show where you are just watching these dates unfold and they are painfully awkward because these people are so nervous and shy. Particularly um, in the second episode when 
one of the the Chinese uh, gay men you spoke about is on a date with uh, another guy, and he just is completely at a loss for oh, any questions yes. to ask, any conversations. Yes, he's and he literally says out loud to the date. Well, I actually, I don't have anything else to say. I don't know what to say. And then he just blurts out, so do you like crocodiles? Yes. Which I just I just thought was <laughs> so funny. And then he just sort of starts backpedaling and goes, oh, sorry, I don't know why that word came out of my mouth. I just don't know what to say. And I think it's just, to me, it's rather sweet, you know, as someone who uh, dated a lot in my early 20s. Like, it's just sort of looking at a time capsule at how you were when you weren't very experienced with these things and you didn't know how to handle talking to people that you might be interested in. Michael, did you at the age, what are you, 26 or 27? I'm 28, thank well, you though. Okay, 28. <laughs> did you just sort of refer to dating as a thing that you used to do years ago, like you've given it up? Yeah, when I was like 21, 22. Now I've gotten over it. Wow. I've got a career now. I don't have time to go on dates with women, but um, but I used to do it a lot and I used to be very nervous, like the people in this show. What happens? Oh no, this is, it's a different segment, isn't it? A, a dating segment. All right, look up... <laughs> I'd love to hear from anyone who has watched Better Date Than Never. I think we're two episodes in on the ABC, and it's on ABC iView. If you did enjoy Love on the Spectrum or Employable Me, have you watched it? And, and Michael, I want to ask you, of, of the people that you've seen so far on the show, is there anyone that you're really rooting for, that you're really going, I hope they find someone? Oh, I thought um, Diane, who is the um, sort of older woman who is a trans woman, yes. I just th- found her delightful. She was very softly spoken and sweet, and she's never dated since transitioning. And I just found her story quite compelling. And, and that's another thing I like about these TV shows is that they definitely do a really good job spotlighting and highlighting diverse stories and diverse people that we don't usually see on television. And I think that is really important. And I I definitely enjoyed her. I agree with you on her. There is something very, very likable about her. And uh, um, I don't actually know whether I'll bother. I've watched two episodes. I don't know whether I'll bother watching anymore. But if I did, it would be to see how she goes because she lives on a re- remote property doesn't yes. have much interaction with anyone and to be and and they showed pictures and she was more than happy for people to to see in her earlier life her as a big strong quite handsome farmer male um and how different she is now you can imagine how hard that is in her community and um yeah that's probably the, the story i want to follow olivia with down syndrome she's a bit of a handful i'm not sure that i'm I don't know. Interesting. <laughs> I love Olivia. I love and 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 I I kind of did some. She talks about it a bit on the show. She's actually done um, speeches in front of the UN for um, representing people with Down syndrome, and she's clearly a very confident um, young woman. And I really I really appreciate that. I think she knows exactly what she's looking for. She's confident, and she's also like she's definitely the most confident of the entire group of people showcased in this show. Um, I I really like that. I didn't find it too objectionable. Yeah. Okay. Then maybe I'm being too harsh. Not a huge fan of Better Date Than Never. Michael 
likes it. What do you think? And Michael, in a moment, we'll get some random recommendations. Always love to hear what you've been watching that you're really enjoying. One double three six nine three. It's quarter to three. Michael Liberale with me. It is showdown. Better date than never. I didn't really like it. I'm not really Michael. If I have to sum it up, it's probably like when they with MasterChef. You know, that was a good formula, and then they did Kids MasterChef and Celebrity. Yeah. It's like when they do too many things with a good formula. That's probably they what start it's... doing heaps of spin-off versions and Christmas editions yeah. and all the rest. <laughs> yeah, gets a bit too much after a while, doesn't it? It does a little bit. Yeah. Okay. So random recommendations. One double three six nine three. What have you been watching that you did like? Is there anything you've had a look at, Michael? I went to the Nova Cinema over in Carlton the other day and I watched the new Brendan Fraser movie, The Whale. Have oh, you heard about The Whale? I have. What's it, why was there so much fuss? People were all in tears at him and his performance. Why, why so much yeah, fuss? It's, it's Brendan Fraser's big return to Hollywood in, in what's being dubbed an Oscar-worthy performance by him. And it's just a, it's a very interesting kind of film um, about Brendan. Brendan plays... A, an obese man who walked out on his family to, um, and his young daughter to seek a relationship with another man. And he's severely obese. And it just kind of looks at, I suppose, the struggles he has as someone who is so overweight and how other people perceive him, how his daughter perceives him, how different people that, you know, deliver food to his door perceive him. And it's just, it's quite a fascinating look at, how human beings treat other people based on the way they look and, and things like that. It was a very great performance from Brendan Fraser. He really does a great job. And how does the movie make you feel? Is it a movie that you're not going to to come out skipping? Okay, I saw it with two friends, both of whom were crying by the end. Mm. I notoriously have never cried in my life, so I didn't cry. What? But <laughs> I'm Is just that true? A, I'm, no, I've just got thick skin when it comes to movies. Movies are never never make me cry. Um, but, yeah, most people in the cinema were in tears by the end of the movie. Okay. That's um, The Whale starring Brendan Fraser. Michael's seen that at the cinema. I'm going to chuck in a movie that I watched on Netflix at the weekend. It's called Four Good Days. Have you heard of it, Michael? No. So it stars, well, actually, I've watched the trailer for it and my daughter was in the room and I know, you know, Bonnie, and I said, is that Mila Kunis? And we both had to do like a double take. It actually is. So she plays a heroin addicted young woman. She looks, okay. for most of the movie, she looks unrecognisable and horrendous. She is wow. bone thin, she's ratty hair, terrible skin, and she goes back to her home where her mother is played by Glenn Close and no one will ever be able to name a production that Glenn Close has been in that is not first class. And <laughs> she begs to come inside and her mother won't let her in and you're thinking, that's a bit harsh, Mum. Surely you want to save your daughter, but it turns out this is now the 15th time that she's mm. been let back into the house and mum's got her on her feet again and then she's gone off and dug, done drugs again. And so she has to go four days clean before she's able to have some injection of something that stops you getting high. And so it, you then follow them across these four days. It's really heavy going. Interesting. Oh, Yeah, it sounds kind of similar to the whale, like thematically at least. Yeah, it does a bit, doesn't it? Where you just so want someone to achieve whatever it is that they're setting out to achieve at the beginning. And I won't give away how it turns out, but... Um, 
it was very heavy going and a part of me was like, oh, is this entertaining for a Saturday night? But I couldn't turn it off. It was amazing. That's four, What's the name of that again? Sorry. Four Good Days and it's on okay. Netflix. Check it out. Anyone got a recommendation of your own? Random Recos, 133 693. Michael Liberale with me for a showdown. Michael, we've talked about maths today. I've had Jonathan LaPaglia from Australian Survivor. The only one we've missed is Oz Idol. Have you been watching it? I watched the first episode of the Australian Idol reboot and I really don't see this one succeeding this year. Uh, I think it's it's the same formula. You know, we've got Kyle Sanderland's back and a bunch of other judges, but it is that same formula of like, humiliating people who are bad singers and then really showcasing the great singers. Interestingly, they got into a bit of trouble by doing a tweet saying, hey, you should respect all the people who come on on our show, don't humiliate them. But then a lot of people sort of hit back saying, well, you're putting them on the show in the first place, so of course people are going to do it. Um, I didn't think it was great. I'd be keen to see how it goes in the ratings, but overall it was just, it felt a bit tired. Yeah, I, I inadvertently found myself watching it and didn't enjoy it at all. I don't. Harry Connick Jr. probably is the best on the panel. Megan Trainer's voice is unpleasant to listen to. Um, I'd, maybe her singing. I actually quite like Megan Trainor, Dee Dee. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I, her personality neither here nor there, but I just don't want to hear that voice going all the time. Um, and I caught the girl who just wouldn't be told that she wasn't a good singer and it was making me sad for her because she's clearly always been told that she can sing and she can't. And it was just awful seeing that realisation hit her on TV. Yeah, I I still find it hilarious when people can't accept no and then that girl actually sung her way out almost in a retaliation (laughs) to the judges. Delusional. Um, Yeah, but it did feel, yeah, it felt very, um, very tired in a cluttered uh, market for those kinds of shows. Absolutely, it did.